This is Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois. The podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. And now here's your host, Navy SEAL founder of Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, Rob Dubois. When I was a kid, I watched Conan the Barbarian on the big screen, and I saw Arnold's big muscles, and I wanted to be like him and be dangerous and tough and and superhero kind of uh, a lifestyle, well, again, admiring as a young teen. And then I saw Rambo and Rocky and all the things, and I saw Rambo drinking his raw eggs from a cup, and I started drinking raw eggs from a cup, and then I learned sometime later that eggs are not good for you, so I stopped eating eggs, and uh, milk is good, so I started drinking milk, and then it wasn't good, and coffee wasn't good, and then it was good. And, and these are the generations of knowledge and wisdom uh, as scientific progress and medicine go forward. Naturally, we're always going to have new discoveries and a lot of old fables, too. People say, I know it because I heard it somewhere. At Impact Actual and Beyond Your Limits, our thinking is all about, of course, we understand something will come around next year. There'll be a new discovery that does say eggs are bad again or whatever. But we want to make sure we're always thinking about what's real today as best we can as with critical thinking, open minds, looking at what is possible and what is the most effective now. So um, I've been reading the Primal Blueprint. I'll throw throw a little promo out there for Mark Sisson's book, The Primal Blueprint. And and we'll actually ask our guest about his opinion on that, too, in our conversation today, if he has one. But the carbohydrate question, the dilemma of carbohydrate and Atkins diets and, and all the different carb cutting that we see. So there's fad diets, there's there's new ideas, there's old ideas, and that all of it gets mixed up and all of us lay people sit here and say, I don't know what's right. Now, for your information, I do still drink raw eggs, but I'm the goat. So I don't recommend it for you because salmonella is a real thing. But talk about what is real, what is true. I'm really excited. This week, we've managed to bring back a previous guest who went over like a uh, very popular uh, discussion with medical, with science, with health, with cutting edge, with holistic understanding about how the body is more than just meat. There's an emotional aspect to our life, which affects our physical. There's a mental aspect that affects our emotional and our physical. And so without further ado, let me dive back into Dr. John Owens, friend of mine and somebody I'm really glad that we, we got to have on before. John's a leading health expert, workplace wellness advocate, and a true believer that health comes from within. He brings a wealth of knowledge and experience back from years of working in California with Olympic gold medalists and professional football, baseball, basketball, hockey, and volleyball athletes. He's passionate about giving back to the community by educating from a health and wellness perspective. Hear me emphasizing this word, wellness, goes way beyond just following the latest diet or saying, okay, I got to make sure I get this many reps in and how to live a healthy lifestyle. He believes in treating the body as a whole by looking at the cause of dysfunction and not just the symptom. He prides himself on staying current in the latest techniques and healthcare advancements in order to maintain his reputation for excellence. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Welcome aboard, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it the first time. I'm looking forward to doing this and hopefully making it more of a repeat thing. Yes, I'm I'm you know, I think that the audience really wants to hear and evolve in their own understanding. And you know, we were around the world on everything, everything health and whole holistic wholeness last time and an introduction to this idea about healthy about whole person health and wellness again emphasizing wellness 
you've actually been, we've been talking offline and you've dialed in to give basically the, a primer on how to be a healthy person in, in several steps, several easy steps. And I think that's a really effective next level for us, you know, as we're introducing these ideas, your concepts, your lessons to the, to the audience, this creates an actionable kind of a to-do list. Like think about these things. Can you talk more about that? The overall system, the other framework? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, there's so many different things that you can really look at. If you start to look at, okay, well, I want to be healthy. And then it can be very overwhelming if you just start Googling different things and looking at, oh, well, I got to do this and this and this and this. And there's, I mean, it, it, even for somebody who's been doing this for many years, it, it can still at times still seem like, oh, there's so much stuff you got to do every single day to really be considered healthy. And so what I did and what I do for myself and with a lot of patients is there's five areas in particular that I try to focus on and some of them overlap a little bit, but each within each area, there are multiple sectors, but really it's just kind of looking at each of these things and it's not it doesn't cover every single thing definitively, but if you can have if you can have good health and you can put effort into these areas, then you're going to overall be a much healthier person than what we have typically and what we see on a day-to-day basis. And that is I'm looking forward to unpacking that to, to really diving into the, you know, itemizing one by one and another athlete of course in the impact actual uh, spectrum is co-host Eric Bond. Eric Bond, welcome aboard Mr. Uh, Mr. soccer star, Mr. athletic coach, Mr. Uh, understands a couple of things about how to stay healthy. Hey guys, I'm glad to be back after my few episode hiatus. So I'm good to, glad to be here. John, welcome back. I know the, the first episode was phenomenal and looking forward to seeing what this one has in store. Life is flow, an impact precept. We talk about life is flow all the time, adapt and overcome, always adapt, never settle. So, you know, circumstances are for getting away for family stuff. We've got people right now in our team inside among the lions, the inner circle of the impact actual team that are buried in this problem and that problem. And, and we, let it flow and come back and, and make keep making the mission happen. Just as we're taping now, we we did the first ever uh, powerful peacemaker workshop yesterday, and we had so much demand that it looks like we're going to do another one in a couple of months. We'll see. Life is flow. So, John, without further ado, dive into to, to your ideas so we can get these things into people's heads and they can start looking at how they can apply them in their own lives. All right. So, there's five different areas. First, the first and foremost is to move. So. Within that, it's when people think about moving, it's, you know, people think, oh, well, I've got to go to the gym, you know, five days a week, three days a week, whatever it is. But really, overall, health wise, the idea is just move. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't have to be, oh, you have to dedicate an hour a day, six days a week to some sort of cardio or some sort of resistance exercise program, weightlifting, bodybuilding, whatever it is. The idea is just to get out and move. And so even if it's walking, I mean, even if you're, you know, if you enjoy gardening, it's finding an activity that you enjoy doing and something that you're passionate about that actually gets you moving. So, and especially breaking up those times, if you, a lot of people now working from home. So instead of, 
you know, if you're sitting for three hours at a time, if you can get up and move around every 20 to 30 minutes, even if it's just for a couple minutes, it's going to significantly break up a lot of the processes start to happen as you're sitting for longer periods of time. The body just starts to shut down, muscles start turning off and other things. You start getting tighter in your hip flexors, your chest starts to tighten up, your head starts to come forward, starts to change your postural. And over time, uh, it just starts to have a major detriment on our health. Posture is the window to health. So you can see, you can tell how healthy somebody is typically just by looking at them and seeing are they standing tall with their head or with their ear over their shoulders versus their head two, three inches out in front of them. So moving is going to send, it's going it causes a lot of stimulation to different receptors throughout the body, but also it helps increase blood flow. It's going to help your lymphatic fluid clear air move and flow, which is going to activate fatty transport, which then works into diet and some other things later on. Also, it's going to help with your mobility, your flexibility. So you don't have to have a 30 or 45 minute you know, mobility routine where you're working on flexibility, mobility, stretching, different foam rolling, all of these things. You don't have to have, you know, an hour a day that you dedicate to these things, but just getting up and moving. I mean, we've seen, we see so often when somebody retires, if they don't have hobbies or if they don't have, you know, grandkids or kids or family or friends to do stuff with, and they just start sitting around, you see a rapid decline within five years of retirement versus people who are still active, you know, they're, whether they're out playing golf or they enjoy gardening or they enjoy going to a museum and walking around and are people, even people that enjoy ball walking. Like there's all kinds of different things that you can do. The idea is to just find something that you enjoy, keep moving, keep doing stuff, break up those, ha- or those, those periods where you're sitting for, you know, 30, 45 minutes, an hour at a time, try to, even if you can just get up for a minute or two minutes, walk around in a circle, if nothing else, or if you're on the phone, stand and pace a little bit. It just, it, long-term, it significantly will improve your health overall. You really, you, you make me think of a, uh of a principle we practiced inside of Impact recently, which is called the JAM, this Impact Rule of J-A-M, or Just a Minute. Mm-hmm. Just a Minute is a technique I developed for myself months ago to, to, to begin to use my guitar more consistently because I've played on the guitar for 30 years. I've never, mm-hmm. ever played the guitar until now because every minute, I mean, every morning I'll jump in for a minute or two and just practice some chords, the next, the next lick on a song I'm Believe it or not, I started with Layla. Don't advise that to any new guitarist because uh, <laughs> Eric Clapton is not the guy you need to be emulating when you're still in your chords. But whatever you can do, just get a little bit. Like you're saying, because you mentioned specifically foam rolling. Mm-hmm. I know for myself, that's the first thing to go. I also I followed uh, Core Performance by Mark Verstegen, a great workout routine, amazing health and fitness routine. But he advocates core, uh, these foam rolling. And I say, whenever I've got just... Oh, almost enough time for a workout. That's the thing I will cut out. Mm-hmm. But here you're saying just get movement in on a regular basis. Now, Eric, I understand, has his his Richard Simmons tapes, and he's he's cranking those things up almost every day. That still counts, right? <laughs> it does, yeah, you better believe it. Absolutely. <laughs> I put on. So my mom had grown up. On my ankles and a headband, and I am, I'm, I'm into that still. I, I admire the that oldies. guy. Uh, all jokes aside, it's kind of a funny thing. But yeah, that guy 
freaking rocks. A dude who's out there doing his life, you know, setting the standard for the rest of us and saying, you know what? I don't look traditional. I don't look standard, but this is me. Get over it. Yeah. And that is really freaking cool way to live your life. It's a big part of being emotionally relaxed in your mind and not trying to be rigid like you're talking about. Exactly. Being stiff and rigid from sitting. Be emotionally relaxed, too, because that helps the body itself. I would love to have his wardrobe. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would not be able to fit most of it. Oh, legendary. Maybe I'll come for the new clothing line that just is, that's mild off of Richard Simmons. That's, that's a good a idea, fantastic actually. Fantastic idea. Because leotards never go out of style for oh. me. You'd see, you'd see my, my, uh, my apparel line on Rodeo Drive. I just, I think I got PTSD from that too. <laughs> Sorry, John. We're going to diverge. We, we can't no. not diverge. Let me, let me, let me quote this one, one blurb for powerful piece from the producer of a, um, uh, Cynthia Cohen, the producer of a show I appeared on years ago. She said, when I was reading powerful piece, I felt like I was hearing the Dalai Lama crossed with a badass Navy seal and with a little Monty Python mixed in. I think that's what Beyond Your Limits is, too. And I think that's what healthy life is. If you ain't having fun, you're doing exactly. it wrong. But now I'm going to give the mic back to you because I'm going to shut up and, <laughs> and not be Monty Python right now. Well, no, that's I mean, that kind of goes into uh, well, that's more the third point when it comes to some mental health things. But uh, number two is going to be hydration. So we talked about water and the quality of water and different things in our last episode. Um, and so it, there's a lot. A lot of people don't realize the extent of dehydration that they have, that like the degree of dehydration it's and a lot of people that even think they are hydrated because they drink tons and tons of water. They're drinking these extremely purified waters or just all these bottled waters that they don't have any other nutrients in them, other minerals, no trace minerals. Um, and so what you end up doing if you're doing that is you actually end up clearing out a lot of the minerals that we need in our body. Um, so you can actually cause dehydration in that way as well. So not to overcomplicate it is if you can ideally some sort of spring water is going to be best um, just because it's natural and it's and something, I mean, it's, if there's something that's more local to you, cause there's going to be things in it that we don't even realize there's things we don't know that we discover still every day. There's new discoveries about different micronutrients or different polyphenols, all kinds of different botanicals and things that are in different substances, different things that we eat, different uh, stuff that we drink. But hydration overall is just, if you can shoot for your, I mean, it doesn't have to be your body weight in ounces of water. Cause you know, somebody who's 200 pounds, that's a lot. But if you can get at least half of your body weight in ounces, um, shoot for at least that every day. If you can go for a gallon a day, but you're making sure you're getting all the electrolytes along with it, um, there's tons of different electrolyte powders that are great. Some of them will have more sugar in them. Um, Liquid IV has you know a little bit of sugar in it, but as long as you're not down in a ton of them over and over again, it's not really that bad um, on it has a fantastic one. There's another one called Element. It's L-M-N-T. Um, you can get that. They're great. They're high quality. Um, and they actually help significantly when it comes to with when it comes to hydration. And so just adding that to a bottle of water and then just drinking lots of spring water throughout the day, 
those things. First thing, when you wake up in the morning, if you can drink a glass of water, that's going to be one of the best things that you can do. Because overnight, as you're breathing, you're exhaling, you're expelling water. That's why we lose weight overnight. And so you'll wake up a little bit more dehydrated. So being able to rehydrate yourself immediately, it's going to help your muscles. And it, it ties back to point one with moving. You're going to move better. You're going to feel better. You're not going to cramp up. You're going to be able to, you're going to feel more loose. You're going to sleep better, which is later on. We'll talk about that. But it's overall one of the most important foundational things that we can do is be hydrated. It's a really important point I hadn't been aware of is that you're, by drinking too much of the blanked out water, you're flushing the stuff you need. That's really a key thing for me to learn is uh, the quality. Like we talked, I was I was shocked by that idea last time. The quality of water matters because I thought water is water. But you you really did keep it simple by saying just freaking buy spring water because spring water is from a spring and they didn't take all the good stuff exactly. out of it. And that's because that then there's I mean there's distilled water too, which most people aren't going to drink distilled water. But when I did uh, my fitness competition, like the week leading up to it. I was drinking two gallons of distilled water a day, basically to strip everything out of me. And so my body wouldn't hold water, not a healthy thing to do ever, but in order to get into the shape that you want to be up on stage, that's what you got to do. But there's a very big difference in, you know, the type of water you're drinking. And if only, if you can only drink, you know, if you just love a certain purified water, or if you have a filter that just takes everything out, then add a pinch of Himalayan salt or, you know, squeeze some lemon juice into a glass of water, it's going to significantly increase the nutrients that you're getting into it. That's good to know. I've actually done that with lemons. I thought it was kind of silly, like another old fable that lemon is good in water. Yeah. I like the flavor, but it actually does add, what, is it alkalinity mm -hmm. you're yes. bringing yep. in? Right on. Absolutely. So um, we get to number three. That really is just overall self-care. So a lot of people, we... We end up taking care of other people all the time. We're always looking to see, you know, what we can do for other people all the time. And we fail to take care of ourselves. And I, I'm, you know, I'm guilty of this plenty as I see patients all day long. I'm doing all this stuff and I'm telling them all these things that they need to be do for them, doing for themselves. But then when it comes time for me to, you know, foam roll or stretch or do some of these other things, I might cut it out at the end of a workout. I still, you know, I go work out first thing in the morning, most mornings, because I know by the end of the day, the last thing I'm going to want to do is, you know, go to the gym again because I've pretty much been working out all day. So uh, it's there's a couple different aspects to this. There's the physical, the mental, the spiritual. So it goes a lot. <laughs> it's pretty much in line with, you know, everything that you've been talking about, too. Um you know, when it comes to physically taking care of yourself, that has to do with the moving, with, uh, you know, hydration, all that stuff, as well as the recovery aspect of it, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, too. But, you know, get a massage once in a while. You know, it's OK to spoil yourself a little bit. But, you know, if you're getting a massage that's really actually helping you and doing something for you, it's probably not going to feel the greatest when you're getting it done. Those deep tissue, the sports massages, they can hurt. There's certain areas, they're going to find areas that are painful, but that's where you really need it, where they're digging in. Um, obviously, chiropractic care. That's one of the main things, too, right? Uh, making yep. sure everything's moving properly. No joint fixations, nothing locked up, not putting pressure on any nerves, making sure the body's functioning at its optimal so that way it can recover. 
mental aspect. So moving is unbelievably helpful and it does so much for you mentally. I mean, going for, going for a walk, or if you want to do, if you, you know, you need to get some aggression out, go to a kickboxing class or a boxing class or go lift some heavy weights or whatever's heavy to you and just go throw some stuff around for a while. But the mental clarity and what it does for you is amazing. I mean, there's, all kinds of different research when it comes to that. Uh, but then the spiritual aspect of it is, and it, no matter what anybody believes, you know, even it, it, it doesn't matter what it is you believe if they're, if, as long as you believe there's something bigger than you, bigger than us. Um, and spiritual doesn't have to be just about that. There's the different connections between us. There's so many aspects of it, but just taking care of yourself so that way you can be able to take care of others. Because if we keep going and going and giving and giving, you're eventually going to have an empty cup. You got to do things to fill up your own cup. And so, and it's the mental aspect of it too can be, uh, I might even said this last time, like every once in a while, I'll put together a Lego set just because I shut my brain off because I'm usually constantly just going from one thing to the next. So every once in a while, I'll just do something like that because it's about the only time I just stop and I follow instructions and I don't think about anything else. <laughs> yeah. Build something. And so and it's obviously I like working with my hands, so it just kind of goes hand in hand. I'm yeah. contented with it. And so it it helps me calm down. It helps me just shut my brain off and reset. So Yeah, I think it's really important to to do what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's part of whole person health to do what you enjoy because uh you know, we all, we tend to try to do what is approved, if you will, socially or in our little circle, like, what do they think is cool? Yeah. I better do that. But, you know, I'm, people uh, laugh about the fact that I'm, a, I, I enjoy Dungeons and Dragons in my fifties. Well, I enjoyed it in my, in my, in my ones, <laughs> I was in the first, <laughs> yeah. the first people that saw that game back in, in, I think I was probably nine years old when it first happened almost 50 years ago. And that's one example of an area in which I had to overcome certain mental resistances of coolness. Actually, it was another seal. I mean, I'm not talking about being like a, a major dungeon master. I actually got a cup from uh, Amy, my lady, that says, world's okayest dungeon master. <laughs> I love that cup. Awesome. I'm the okayest. But, you know, doing what you like, whether it's actually doing Richard Simmons workouts, which would be friggin' cool if a macho man would do that, because I'd admire him for not giving a damn what people think. This is my jam. I do this. I do this thing. I, I, I work with Legos. I build, you know, model toys or whatever. Do, do what works for you to have the mental, emotional, and physical activity you need. Exactly. And it's, that's the thing, the, overcoming that and just not caring what people think about it. And it's, it can be, I mean, if you want to follow along with Bob Ross and do some painting, I mean, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever gets you more into that kind of Zen mode or something to where you're passionate about and just enjoy it. And everybody has something that they could be embarrassed about that they enjoy doing. So just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Happy little clouds is very good for the mind. That's right. <laughs> and then I think everything that you're talking about there is, is lead yourself first. And that's exactly as, as dr- you know, you have a lot of people that are drivers out there that a lot of times drivers are not leading themselves first. They're, they're leading other people. They're trying to run a business. They're trying to help their clients and, and do all of those things. And they always wind up putting themselves last. And 
if you're going to be your best for other people, you have to lead yourself first in all aspects. And yeah, I got actually I got that from a from a guest that was on you know on here, Jason Gardner. Jason Gardner was talking about that, and it's just, I did a little bit more unpacking with that. And it's just, it's so important. You can't you can't show up for other people if you can't show if you can't show up for yourself first. Absolutely, and that's one of those things that it if you just keep going and going and going and for everybody else and not for yourself, then you can either eventually it's going to cause either burnout or resentment or both. And then, you know, the slightest little thing is somebody, you know, not doing something right or whatever, when you've been putting all this effort in, then it's, you're blowing up for reasons that are your own fault. So definitely taking care of yourself. Yeah. That's what, that's the buildup. It, it does get, when you're not venting off with, you know, being open, being honest with people, communicating effectively and saying, I don't accept that. I mean, that goes back to our fifth superpower we talk about in Powerful Peace or in Impact Actual in general. The body, mind, heart, and soul are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, ethical. Those are four of our human individual powers. We control those things like superpowers. The fifth is the done zone, the healthy boundaries and saying, I won't accept that. That is not okay in my life for you to speak to me that way, for you to treat me that way. Obviously, we have a situation in which children, dependent children, can be abused by somebody with no no chance of changing their circumstances. They lack the agency. They lack the strength. They lack the resources to run away from or to, to, to get away from a, uh, an abusive parental figure. But for all adults, all competent adults, we have no excuse. I, 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 <laughs> this is a delicate subject. I, I'm always very careful about caveating it because I, I know that there are, there are abused spouses who are in a terribly vulnerable position. And they can be da- endangered by leaving. If they leave carelessly, uh, when the abuser is ready to cause harm, then they can be harmed further. But we always have the responsibility to make our way away from harm and un, unloving, unsupportive circumstances. So at the much level, much lower level, I can tell a person, you know what? I don't like it when you make all these jokes at my expense. I'm not going to be around you. I can't control other people. Another principle is from our skin in. We control what we from our skin in and, and, and impact that. Well, the body, mind, heart, and soul and that done zone are all internal to the person. And that's where my responsibility is. And it ends. I can tell Eric, I want you to go, you know, go get me a cup of coffee. What he does or doesn't do is his control, his responsibility. My getting tied around the axle and whether he does or doesn't do it is is foolish. I'm hurting myself by not recognizing these simple boundaries and and saying so. I, I don't I don't accept that behavior. I'm not going to make you do anything, but I will stop being around it because I have that agency. I have that power to stop being in this environment, boss or partner in life or family members. Absolutely. Well, now point number four really pertains to diet. So, and when we say diet, we typically think like you were saying earlier, is you know Adkins or you know, the bulletproof diet or, you know, some keto or one of these other things, but diet is a lifestyle. Um, what you eat day to day is your diet. Not, it's not a crash course in, you know, you know, 14 days to lose 10 pounds or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's about how you, how you have a variety in your diet. It's, Portion control, honestly, would be probably could be the number one thing that if it was changed, 
it would be ma- it would mean a massive difference for obesity rates and all kinds of things throughout, especially the United States. Um, now, when it comes to portion control, it's you know because we our stomachs release a uh, release and they release a hormone that basically tells our st- our brains when it's full. So now when it takes longer for that to catch up. So it's usually, that's why you'll say, you know, pace yourself when you're eating, but also don't have a, you know, a giant plate at Golden Corral that's full and heaping of all kinds of things because you can mow it down real fast. And then once your stomach does, once your brain catches up to your stomach, then all of a sudden, okay, now you're super full, you're uncomfortable and you don't want to move at all because you feel like crap. Now, so having portion control. So, you know, having a certain amount of protein, having a certain amount of carbohydrates, having a certain amount of fats or vegetables on a plate, you know, be able to, and if you can, you don't have to get down to this point because, you know, this starts to get more into really being on point all the time with it. But if you can have a scale in your kitchen, just one of the digital scales, it makes it super easy to measure out, okay, this, this amount of, you know, four ounces of meat, three ounces of baked potato and two ounces of vegetables or whatever it is. But something like that can help you significantly plan out your meals and then having them ready to go ahead of time that will keep you from, Oh, well, you know, right around my office, I've got Sonic Arby's Taco Bell and like two or three other places. And I, I would love to go to each one of those just multiple times a day. Yeah. That would be awesome if I could go to those instead of having my meals that I prep at home, you know, before I come to work. So, and I'll usually prep anywhere from eight to 12 meals at a time. So that way it's, you know, a couple of days worth of food. That way it's not, oh, okay, I prep something on Sunday and I'm eating it all on Friday again. Um, but portion control and then variety. So when it comes to variety, really more so changing up colors of vegetables, um, you don't need to eat. I mean, it's, if you can eat the same thing over and over again, great. If it's healthy and you can have good portions of it, but then you're going to start to lack certain nutrients that you're going to be getting. So you need to make sure that you're supplementing properly. And that's where supplements come into play. Supplements shouldn't be your staple of what you rely on. They should supplement whatever it is that you're lacking. So, you know, if you need to take them, honestly, everybody should probably take a multivitamin. So, um, take it with a meal, but it's, you know, that's going to be something that's going to help cover those bases that you're missing because we all typically are going to be lacking some sort of nutrient within our diet throughout the day. So just making sure we get all those things will help us cover all of our bases. Um, and then most of the time, try to stay with healthier meals. We all know typically what's healthier. We know that, you know, the cookie isn't the greatest thing for us all the time or a piece of cheesecake. We know a big juicy burger or, you know, some taco platter from Taco Bell or Taco Bueno, as delicious as it is, probably isn't our healthiest choice. Um, but you can have, you, you can have that once in a while. So it's just everything in moderation. Right. So portion control, having a variety of colors, especially when it comes to vegetables. So that way you can make sure you're getting different nutrients, um, but then not calling that those indulgent cheat meals. Don't call it a cheat meal because then it, it, it insinuates that it's something bad. Right. 
you know, sometimes if you're if you're trying to lose weight and you've been in a calorie deficit, you're not having as many calories as you are burning in a day. There's going to be days where, yeah, you're starting to it's starting to get harder to follow along with your diet, you know, to stick to what it is with this healthier journey that you've been on to get well. You know, instead of calling it a cheat meal and then thinking like, oh, it's this you know thing that has even if you don't see it that way, it still has that connotation around it. Right. It's still a negative thing to cheat. So it's a you know, it's it's refeeding, it's refueling, it's rewarding yourself for doing such a great job. And it's that one meal. It's not going to ruin everything. It can be something that kind of kickstarts your metabolism again or you know, it's just, it helps you get back. You had that indulgence, you enjoyed it, you loved it. It was great. And it was a reward. And then you go back to more of, okay, these other meals, which eating healthy doesn't have to taste bad. It's, I mean, I, it it doesn't have to be just plain grilled chicken, a couple pieces of broccoli and a plain baked potato or plain rice. Like it, it doesn't have to be that. There's tons of recipes. There's, I mean, more now than ever, get on Pinterest. You can get on YouTube. You can do find millions of recipes for all kinds of different things. So it's super easy. It's just actually following through with it. And prepping is on top of portion controls, one of the biggest things. Because like I said, it's super easy for me to go out and run next door to Sonic and get, you know, a double bacon cheeseburger and a foot-long coney with chili and cheese and a shake. That sounds delicious, but if I have my meal here, <laughs> right, I've got my meal ready to go here. I can pop that in the microwave real quick or in the toaster oven, and and it's ready to go, and I'm good, and then move on from there. I love the idea of framing it as a reward and not uh, not a cheat because it is obviously you make the mental and emotional association with being bad. And that is how the ball starts rolling. The snowball starts like I am bad. I mean, I'm not getting deep wisdom, uh, psychological stuff and childhood trauma stuff here, but I do deal with those things myself, those issues of, of self-esteem and, and things I've dealt with, with PTS. And you don't, we don't need to add to that problem. We don't we need to start that spiral of saying, well, maybe I'm junk and maybe I can't do this. And maybe I better just keep eating garbage, right? Because that, that's the snowball. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, once you start eating healthier, and if you're eating healthier, you're staying hydrated, you're taking care of yourself, and you're moving more, you don't want to have those bad meals as much, those uh, those not as healthy meals. You know, you don't really feel like going and having fast food. The idea of it doesn't sound as good because you're doing so well with all these other things. And so then to put this cheat on it, and it's like, oh, well, I did that. And then, well, you know, I had a little earlier. I could just have a little bit more now. And then again, and then it starts to spiral. And all of a sudden it's three weeks later and you haven't had a healthy meal other than you've just been going out and having fast food and then back to giant portions and overeating again. And so that's one of the things with sticking with it is just prepping, preparing things ahead of time, or at least knowing what you're going to eat ahead of time. You don't necessarily have to prep it. I mean, obviously that's going to make it a lot easier. But going in knowing, okay, you know, for lunch today, even if I am going to go somewhere, I already know what's on the menu and what I'm going to get. And it's going to be enough for two meals because a lot of restaurants, I mean, they give you way more than you need. So basically cut everything in half, get it to go box right away, put it in there. Then you don't have to think about, okay, well, yeah, one more bite, one more bite. And all of a sudden there's two bites left and I might as well finish it. 
because we've all been there too. <laughs> so. No, John, I was going to say, just listen to you talk, a couple of things rattling around in my head. So like we have, you know, up here in, in Western New York, we have you know, a couple of really good meal prep services. Eat Right is one of them that they're just, they're, they're phenomenal. But what I find with them a lot is they have more carbs than I care to have you know, in their, in their meals. And obviously they're, they're doing everything from a balanced standpoint. So they want, you know, everything up, you yeah. know, fully balanced. But, you know, what, from like a timing standpoint, if you're going to have carbs, it would be better to have carbs at breakfast or lunch as opposed to dinner. Is there a, a timing structure that people should follow based on, you know, whether it's a, you know, a fat, a carb, a protein, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And the other thing is, is timing before before bed. I mean, the general rule of thumb that I always follow is three hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so what does that kind of look like as well, too? So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, are grinding hard. They're working and, you know, all of a sudden it's 8 o'clock at night and they're like, oh, shit, I got to have I gotta have dinner. And they have dinner at, eight, at, at 8.30 and they're in bed at 10 o'clock. So what does, that, what does that look like? So I heard what you're saying when it came to timing wise with carbs and fats, and then how long before bed to eat. So really car, you're going to want to have more carbs earlier in the day and then kind of through lunch um, and then start to kind of taper down from there, just because you're not going to need as many as the day goes on. uh, Because as it, you know, once night comes, once you're done with work, then a lot of people, if you some people are already home nowadays. Um, some people, you know, you've got a commute where you're just driving. You're not really doing much. Or even if it's a short commute, then you you go home and then you're just sitting and you're just kind of hanging out with family or you're watching TV um, or playing video games or whatever it is you're doing. That doesn't really require a lot of energy. Now, if you're going to work out, then you could have a little bit more carbs later on in the day just to help make sure you're fueling your workout. But you probably have plenty left over from your first couple of meals throughout the day, regardless of how strenuous that was, unless, say, you're in a, you know, construction or something that's extremely physical. Um, so then you're going to start tapering more towards fats uh, for dinner. Um, not saying you can't have carbs at dinner, but you're definitely going to want to have a little bit less. And it's really just it, it's about balancing things out to where, you know, you you can use uh, an app like MyFitnessPal or one of those different ones that have macronutrient calculators and you can kind of see where you are throughout the day um, to hit certain calorie levels and certain amounts of fats and carbohydrates. But definitely starting the day, protein at every meal. Um, it just helps slow digestion. It helps with everything. Plus, it's um, especially it really helps with uh, satiety. So getting that feeling of being full. Um, and quicker. So that's one of the things for sure, because fats are a lot more dense. There's nine calories per gram versus four calories per gram with proteins and carbs. So fats can add up a lot faster. Um, But definitely having more carbs earlier on in the day and then starting to taper off as the day goes on and then having more fats later on. Um, And then like you were saying before bed, two to three hours before bed, that way you give your body time to do the work and digest it and get it going that way as it's 
working its way out of the stomach and through the intestines, then when you're sleeping, your body can recover and it doesn't have to, because your body actually works really hard when it's doing that. We don't have to think about it, but that's because our bodies are amazing and they do billions of things all day long that we don't have to think about. And so all this stuff's happening when we're trying to sleep. So you don't want your heart rate to be elevated or anything like that because of be, uh, the body trying to overwork and digesting while it's trying to recover and do all these other things. You want to be able to relax and not have your body have to focus energy on the digestion while you're sleeping, trying to repair and recover everything else. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like when I look at, like I wear, I wear a whoop band and you look at your resting heart rate and then listen, every, no, I mean, nobody's perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. I mean, there's times where, you know, you have, an alcoholic drink or you eat maybe a little bit later than what you normally do. And when, and when I look at my resting heart rate, I'm normally I'm, I'm like in the, I live kind of like that 55 range. It's kind of like 55, 56 is my normal resting heart rate. And then I look at when I eat something maybe a little bit later than I normally do, or I have an alcoholic drink, that resting heart rate, just like you see it skyrocket and it just, I like I like wearing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like turning the bar there. Um, I like wearing wearables because you it gives you that data. Not that it's a hundred percent accurate. It's just a, you know strictly a guide, but you can just see that wearable, and you're like, okay, well, now I know what it does to my body when I have that cheeseburger at nine thirty at night. Because I was, you know, I, I was grinding all day and I go to bed an hour later and I wake up and my, you know, my resting heart rate is, 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 is 10 points higher. It's just, it's, it's amazing what it does when, you know, when you don't do what you're supposed to do <laughs> and see what your body's doing. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, uh, I wear an aura ring and it's the same thing. It's, I'll, I'll check my sleep, you know, the, in the morning and it's, you know, I'll have my score sometimes, you know, it'll be like high eighties and I'll be, you know, be all excited. Cause I'll be like, all right, I'm going to, today's going to be a great day. But then there's other days where, you know, it'll be low sixties and it'll have a little blurb underneath it. And it'll be say, it looks like your heart rate lowered late last night. Try eating earlier before bed. <laughs> so it'll, I mean, it gives you little tips. It says little things, but it's like it, I mean, there's, you can't fake it. That's the thing you can't, I mean, you can't, outsmart your body when it comes to these things. These are autonomic processes. They happen automatically. Your body knows what to do, knows how to function, knows what's ideal for it. So not eating that burger, like you said, you know, at 930 and then trying to go get into bed, that's going to really throw things off. So I never thought about that before. That's actually very informative to me to think about the fact that the digestion, the first phase of digestion is like a workout. I would never... Ordinarily, I think about it. I'm not going to do uh, an intense cardio workout or calisthenics one hour before bed because I know I'm going to be disrupting my natural fade into sleep. But I, I have often eaten too late and thought, man, this is really uncomfortable as I'm lying there. But that's why. It's because your body's doing a workout. You just can't see it. It's inside. Yeah, that's very interesting to me. Really, uh, lessons learned, right? Right. Applying, applying lessons throughout life. Exactly. So, and then lastly, when it comes to these, we've got, so we've got move, we've got hydrate, self-care, diet being a lifestyle. Um, and then lastly, but not leastly is recover. 
So we kind of touched on this throughout some of these other ones, but really making it a point, making it a major thing, because a lot of these overlap, but, you know, sleep in particular, getting the sleep that you need. Now, eight hours isn't exactly the perfect number for everybody, right? You know, the last time I was on, we talked about 90-minute cycles. So, you know, eight hours doesn't really actually fall into a 90-minute cycle, right? You've got six, then you've got seven and a half, and then you got nine. So eight hours exactly doesn't really follow in there, fall in there. So, you know, eight hours would be more like you lay down, you lay down to go to bed, set your alarm for eight hours later. That way, you know, it takes you, you know, 15 to 20 minutes to fall asleep, 30 minutes sometimes, depending on shutting your brain off. So that's your that's your sleep cycles there. So, but making sure that you actually are resting, you're recovering. And that comes to, you know, mental health as well. So meditation, which doesn't have to be, you know, legs crossed, you know, fingers up, everything, doing the whole thing. It's, it doesn't have to be that. You can lay in bed and listen to a recording. You can, you know, just sit in a chair. You can do whatever. Just, it's a way of Get of shutting your brain down to, or at least slowing it down so that way you can recover and you don't, it's shutting off all of, there's so much stimulus all the time in the world. There's ads a million, every second, there's so many things being thrown at you, conversations everywhere, the TVs, there's noise everywhere. There's always so much noise that's going on. So doing something that you can do to quiet your mind and to slow things down just to help you recover. And even if, even if you only have five minutes, 10 minutes at the end of, or, you know, in the middle of the day, you know, if during your lunch, if you take that last five minutes before you go back to getting to work, okay, just, you know, find somewhere quiet if you can, or get some noise canceling headphones and put on, you know, some sort of either soothing sound or something, close your eyes and just, try to drown out the world for a minute and just not think about all this stuff and just try to quiet your mind, reset. That way you're ready to go or take, you know, take two minutes at the end or at the end of every hour. So that way throughout the day, you kind of constantly have, okay, well, I'm taking just a you know, couple minutes of a break to myself. See how much more productive you are that next hour versus just, oh, here's the grind, here's the grind, here's the grind. And then you start to lose your focus because, oh, your phone lit up and you saw somebody liked a post that you had. So it's a matter of just these ways of taking care of ourselves, recovering, which comes back to the massage and the self-care, all of those things, all of these work together, all these tips. So, you know, the self-care, the diet, the hydration, all of those are going to help you move better and then when you're moving better, then you're going to be able to take care of yourself just overall. And then once you're, you know, you've been moving all day, you've been doing stuff. It's a lot easier at the end of the day, if you've been moving and been doing stuff to lay down and actually fall asleep and get quality, deep sleep versus if you've just been sitting around, your body's already, you know, it's amped up, it needs to do something. And so you lay down to go to bed and you're still wide awake. Yeah, this is a cycle, a natural cycle of exertion and restoration. It's very restorative to 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 uh, to meditate. I do it almost every morning, even if it's just a minute, just the mm-hmm. jam. Like uh, I always follow prayer with meditation as a rule. I like to say, please, and then shut up. You never know what's going to fall in that white space of the mind. It, and it clears. It's like a computer term. It's a RAM, clearing RAM. 
because we get so many functions. We get like on your your de- your desktop, you'll see so many tabs open, so many applications open, and that does affect the function of the computer. It slows things down. So the more I let those things go, I learned through Buddhist practices years ago, my meditation and mine is to let the monkey stop chattering. That's that's the the vision. There's, there's monkeys chattering in the head. Let them quiet down and go away, and then. I'm more ready for the next thing that follows that. It's very good to do before speaking. I understand Tony Robbins always sits down and says a little prayer before he goes out on the stage. I tend to do the same thing before podcast, even taping or or speaking events. Just clear the mind and let let the natural flow get back on track. Yeah, and so exactly. It's with computers, they can multitask. They're doing all kinds of things at once. We We can't actually multitask. We think we can. But we can't actually focus on one thing and then have another thing that we're truly focusing on. So that's why you can't just jump. You can try to jump from one thing to the next and back and forth. And some people think they're great multitaskers, but they're just good at going from one thing to the next. There's no such thing as actual multitasking for us versus with a computer. Right now, I don't know how many tabs are open on my desktop in my office. There's there's three different browsers for three different Google accounts with probably at least 10 tabs on each one because it's different things that I've saved that I got to go back to and do here and there. And so, yeah, it's, it slows my computer way down. So I try to clear it out at the end of each day or at least, you know, save some tabs, whatever, but clearing out the RAM, that way we can function properly. We can be better. We can be faster. We can be smarter. We can make better decisions because when we have all these things going on all around us all the time, it can be very overwhelming. And so thinking, okay, well, I'll just do this today and I'll just do this because, you know, there's so many things going on. It's just easy to do this. The easy thing and heard it a million times, isn't always the best choice, right? So Mm -hmm. going over to McDonald's just down the street it might be easier than me weighing out some food, but definitely not going to be better for me in the long run. So, and then just sitting in my office, I kind of like you said with jam, just a minute, getting started is the hardest part. If you can just get up and just, just making yourself stand up and just start moving around. Once you start doing something, it's a lot easier to keep going versus the idea of just sitting there and thinking, oh, I've got to do this or something's across the room mm-hmm. and you don't want to go get it. Like you, you don't want to go pick it up. It's like, <laughs> oh, I really want to do that. But that's 15 steps away. And I don't really, I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah, right that's here. hard. Just stand up. Because <laughs> once you stand up, you're already there. So it's like, all right, fine. I'll just go grab it. And then, you know, you'll be a lot happier that you did. And so just getting moving, getting up, getting moving clearing out all of those things that are going on in your brain with the meditation, like you said, even if it's just a minute, jam it out. Yeah. Get that muscle memory or mental memory or, or emotional memory going. And it takes on a life of its own. It, it's a, it takes on a momentum of its own as compared to the inertia of just sitting there and saying, well, it's hard. I know sometimes when I'm really tired and snugly in my little blankets, I don't want to reach over and get the phone to put a note down to myself. It's right there. It's right there within my arm's reach. I can grab the phone, put a note that I don't want to forget for the next day, 
and I have a little mental struggle like, oh boy, but it's such a long way away and I'm so snugly warm, right? And these are just silly examples, but it is so powerful to, to disrupt one's inertia, to disrupt the status quo, that lethargy of just sitting in place. Just It doesn't take a lot. You don't have to go foam roll every day. If you're moving, you're moving. You're exercising your joints, your bodies, your lymph system. Exactly. I, I brought up, uh, the, as, we, as we wind down, I brought up the quote you mentioned about by Thomas Edison about the doctor of the future. I want to read that for the, for the uh, listener. The doctor of the future will give no medication, but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame, chiropractic, diet, healthy nutrition, lifestyle, and the cause and prevention of disease, which is lifestyle. That's what you've been talking about this whole time. It's so powerful. Don't, we don't need to take a pill for the next malady necessarily. Maybe there's a pill. There's there's certain things that it's still good to take a pill for. Pain management is one of them. <laughs> you know, until we can all get that mental skill of, of pain management, it's very useful. But this is this is priceless, priceless information. And uh, Eric, we're going to have to get Dr. John Owens back on again. There's no doubt about that. So we can uh, unpack further concepts. Absolutely, this is all great stuff, and it's it's something that. You know, I, I always say effort is between you and you. And the thing that I that I take away is that all of this stuff in theory is simple. The action is hard. And there's a lot of people that will say, Oh, I can't keep track of all this, or that's just too much, or or whatever, and they'll start telling themselves these excuses ahead of time when you just look at, I, I just look at things in the, in the three week interval. It takes 21 days to form a habit. What is three weeks in the grand scheme of overall health going forward for years into your life costing you? If you just start now, tomorrow morning, I don't, I don't, I mean, since we're recording this late at night, start today and just do something. Take the most important thing that's on that list of what, of what Dr. John just talked about, those five things. Just pick one thing and take action on it. Yep. I'm going to go back over the list here, John. Move, hydrate, diet, and not not in the, not the sense of the next program somebody wants to sell you, but what do you just nourish, nourish yourself intelligently? I'm sorry. N- move, hydrate, health, self care, and diet and recover. Yes. That's it, people. Hear that? <laughs> as, as Eric said, grab one and do it. And then do one tomorrow, and then do one the next day, and then do one the next day. You'll have all five things in one one business week, and and start to do them as a regular practice. Exactly. So just finding these things, just it, you don't have to go all out on everything all at once. That's when you get all this overwhelm, and you it, it's too much, it's too hard. There's too many things you're trying to remember, too many things you're trying to do at once. Just you know, get up and move once in a while. It's, you know, find something that you like to do. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. You don't have to have a gym membership. You don't have to go in there. If it's not something you're ready to do or you know how to do, don't worry about that. Or if it's something you want to learn how to do, get a trainer or start watching videos online. If, you know, all all of the streaming services or a lot of them now at least have workouts. There's tons of apps that have workouts. If you want to try yoga, if you want to try Pilates, if you want, I mean, there's, Jazzercise. I mean, there's dancing as working out, or just listen to music and dance around yourself. It, however, it is you want to do it. It doesn't have to be some crazy structured workout. Just move. 
And you're likely to continue doing it if you do do what you want exactly. to do, if you do the thing you enjoy. Right. Well, this is absolutely uh, priceless information and so commonsensical, too. It's things that people could could think of on their own if they took the time, but we don't. We don't tend to sit, sit and think of the common sense things I can do next. But we want to keep inspiring the same. And like I threatened to do, we're going to be reaching out to you again to come back and talk about and get some more <laughs> dialing in on some of these <laughs> concepts so people can keep learning from it. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, brother. Oh, it's my pleasure. Looking forward to doing it again. Thank you. This is fantastic stuff. And we're we're going to keep, you know, offering the, the the ideas, keep putting the ideas out there about people going beyond their own limits, Eric. <laughs> as you as you do yourself, as you keep having new babies and keep getting more and more fatigued, but accomplishing more with your life. I'm Superman. What can I say? It's been a fantastic episode. Thanks, John. Thanks, Eric. And thank you, listener. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Beyond Your Limits. And remember, just check us out at impactactual.com. Everything that's going on there with the Unchained course and the Powerful Peacemaker Workshop and and any any coaching you want to get into or even coaching certification, check out the site, impactactual.com, where you can learn all that's going on and begin following us on social if you're not yet and get on our distro list. That's the most important thing. The best way to get information is just to give us your address and you'll be on the distro list for all that's happening. So have a groovy day and we will see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois the podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. For more information about Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, visit impactactual.com. And be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes or wherever you like to listen so you'll never miss a show. We'll see you next time on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois.